I and Paul now I, Newman is so hot in that <laughs> fucking movie, dude. Simmer it down, sim- Travis. <laughs> no, sorry, I, I'm gonna go watch this movie. Pull Cool Hand Ooh, Luke again. Now. I know what you're. I know what you're after. Sunday scaries. Ooh, good morning, you... fellow Earthlings. Or good evening, fellow <laughs> Earthlings. Did you pan that from the right to the left? Yeah, it does. It pans. I know, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've listened to it in your car with headphones yet, but it's, it's harder in my car because there's there's external noises. I hate yeah. like I love just listening to music, but I do all of it in my car, so it's mm-hmm. the worst way to listen to music in some ways. There's just so much extra noise. I've been trying to do a good job of like taking it to different audio sources to yeah. see how it, you know, shape yeah. how it holds up, you know, in your car versus headphones or mm-hmm. on the kitchen speaker and stuff so. yeah yeah but there's panning in there man this is a fucking production value go, i know man. Ju- that's, he's that's an audio entire production budget went yeah <laughs> exactly our entire i had to, I had to buy the panning plug-in so it's not a plug-in <laughs> <laughs> it comes with the software you bought like the six-pack that that travis drank while he did that yeah yeah exactly yeah that's what yeah that was uh, the a little to the left yeah the peanut gallery back here crushing lone stars I, I keep that's what i'm saying i keep trying to pay you guys by like getting you beers or at least like i don't know in, in friendship or something yeah, yeah your friendship is well worth Thanks. the value of this whatever i give in return there we go yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. still gonna need some beers yeah exactly okay so, <laughs> especially when it comes to like making you rent a movie on amazon and uh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i couldn't find it anywhere so I, you have to rent it to watch it i think this is mm-hmm. yeah this is one of those where if you're gonna dig it up you have to find it hey hey everybody you're listening to uh scary sundays so this is travis i'm this hanging out tyler tyler and uh, we got Daniel back. Hey, guys. I'm Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Uh, so this week, we watched the 1963 The Haunting. What do we really know of that other world of hauntings, of apparitions in the night, of the sinister powers of darkness? The Haunting was produced and directed by Robert Wise, the brilliant producer of West Side Story, and stars Julie Harris, Claire Bloom, Richard Johnson, Russ Tamblin. You cannot deny terror. You cannot look the other way. You have to face the supernatural. Face the chilling mysteries of forces you cannot understand or control. When the haunting holds you in its spell. The haunting. This is kind of, in a lot of ways, is where it all started. Mm -hmm. Courtesy Uh, of... uh... Robert Wise. Robert Wise. Yeah, I guess we can kick off by kind of going down the IMD black, IMDb black hole of this. Um, if Let's you're unfamiliar it. with Robert Wise, he's, uh, I mean, this is the tail end of the golden age of, uh, of uh, cinema there. Uh, in the 1960s, Robert Wise famously directed Sound of Music, uh, mm-hmm. The Day the Earth Stood Still, uh, West Side Story. Uh, you know, some of the some of the most classic films of all time. This is uh, this is the guy that did it, and uh, this is the film. This is the ghost story uh, that, in many ways, kind of kicked off uh, the genre that we're diving into this this series here, um, mm-hmm. based on a novel by Shirley Jackson, written in 1959. Mm-hmm. The uh, 1963 film, The Haunting, um, directed by Robert Wise, uh, written. I forget who adapted the screenplay. I'm sure it's on there somewhere some guy yeah somebody adapted the screenplay from shirley's novel yeah, yeah. so nelson getting is the uh, screenwriter who mm-hmm. adapted the the book into uh, the screenplay um originally so the the original book this is actually kind of one of the sort of initial points of contention the uh the book is is more of a straightforward sort of haunting story um and nelson getting will kind of get into you know how this plays out in the film and stuff he kind of imagined it to be more of a 
like a psychological thriller almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an element that he wanted to include in his like original script that this was more of like a Jacob's Ladder situation, which is, you know, the internet's favorite thing to do whenever theorizing mm-hmm. about fan theories. Which about, I haven't you know, seen. Yeah, it's... I'm behind. I haven't seen Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> yeah, which is, everybody knows it. If you're if you're familiar with the idea, it was all a dream. This is like, you know, it's, oh. it's, it's the inception yeah, yeah. argument, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it was all in his head, you know, yeah. or the, the zoom out at the end of uh, uh, Dallas, or what show was it, where it was all in like a snow globe at the end. Uh, it's a, that sounds like Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's. I, mean, I haven't mm. finished. Well, I only did two seasons, but I haven't finished it. But. Yeah, it's the idea that like you know the uh, the main character was in a coma the entire time or something, and this was all just a hallucination. Which was uh, Nelson getting like actually his conception of the original script was that uh, Eleanor was was hospitalized in a mental ward, and that all of the characters around her were just. Uh, nurses and yeah. doctors who were coming to visit yeah. her and everything which they do hark shutter island in that scene yeah shutter island yeah it's it's famous and it's like i said it's one of the fit like the the most popular sucker sort of, punch yeah there you for go. anyone who's a snyder fan <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was just thinking of movies like that you got another one no that was it, it was very specifically <laughs> movies where the action happens in their head and they just like mm-hmm. associate the orderlies around them as characters within yeah. the dream which are i immediately thought of shutter island and sucker punch yeah. oh i've got one Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> this is when you one? defeat when you beat Super Mario Brothers 2, the last little cutscene, it was in Mario's head. It was just a dream. Ah, which oh kind of explains God. why it's nothing like yeah. the first or the third. That was completely yeah, different setting. That's been keeping me up at night for the past like 30 years, honestly. I got you, man. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out what was going on there because the continuity just never fucking it's, made sense. It doesn't sense. make any fucking sense. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I what? <laughs> but yeah, that we'll, so, we'll get up. Later. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, that Nelson Getting's original conception of the script had a lot to do with yeah this sort of like Jacob's Ladder situation. Um, but the original book, yeah, is is much more of a straightforward just kind of ghost story. Uh, and then after kind of you know actually having a conversation with Shirley Jackson and uh, with the director Robert Wise. Um, Nelson getting the, the the screenplay is returned to you know basically a much more of a of a, of a haunting poltergeist kind of story, um, with mixed elements of uh, the main character's sort of internal drama and stuff, which is sort of like the mm-hmm. the main feature of the film. I assume this is the first time that either of y'all have seen this. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My first time, but I, I'm familiar with the. So I, I come in it from a completely backwards way. I've never read the book. I'm actually working my way backwards towards the book because I watched The Haunting of Hill House, exactly, which most people are probably mm-hmm. familiar with. This is it's the same story, but. Little like tweets. modernized and told in over a TV show on Netflix. Um, so I saw watch the show like two years ago. Now we're at the movie, and who knows? Maybe two years from now, I'll read the book. Right, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's that's the way that a lot of people are going to come at this too, which is I think kind of a fun way. That's one of the reasons I picked this movie because yeah. I think it, it does sort of uh, it frames our conversation about ghost stories and like where we're at right now. Um, this was yeah your first time watching it too, Tyler. Like, did mm-hmm. you see it today or did you watch it? Uh, I watched last it night? this morning. This morning, okay. Mm-hmm. Me yeah, too. You guys Literally, out. like watched it and it just hit the the road and came right here hell yeah no i, I stayed fresh. up late last night it was uh it was raining here in dallas last night and there was some great backdrop like ambient noise with a yeah. thunderstorm and everything i was yeah, like i texted yeah. both of you i was like man this is a good night to watch horror movies yeah and, and uh, i i tried to mm-hmm. get because courtney i got home um from running a bunch of errands and courtney was home and i was like i want to watch this movie because i knew like i had to catch up on a few i had to watch this and then sinister for the next episode um Spoiler. and oops that's <laughs> okay um, and I was like, Hey, do you mind if, if I just put one of these on? And she like looked outside and then she was like watching the trailer for Sinister on her phone. And she was like, 
absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> then, of, of the two, this one is probably the more like it's not you know it's not scary in the modern sense. Yeah. After watching this, I think I could have gotten her to watch. Oh yeah. It last night for sure. Yeah. But we ended up watching the new prehistoric uh, show with David Attenborough. Ooh, say instead. that. Yeah. When we get to recommendations later, I, I want to have a conversation about it. Big yeah, time. It's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, so yeah. It's my first time watching it too. Uh, and I like I said, I think this is a great one, and uh, a lot of people will be coming at this from having seen uh, the Netflix adaptation, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, directed by Matt Mike Flanagan, who who is also a great sort of um, you know idol in the current moment in horror. Uh, we have The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Blind Manor. Uh, he directed the sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep. Uh, we talked we've talked about Midnight Mass before. Uh, Mike Flanagan, it's definitely like he's he's so hot right now. And mm-hmm. this is uh, like I said, this is uh, arguably you know the progenitor of uh, of his you know career and many other ghost stories. Um, he's like so it. hot physically. He's we so think hot. he's sexy. He is Mike Flanagan. If you're listening, hit us up. Please. I want to talk to you, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, based on the book 1959 by Shirley Jackson, this has been adapted a couple of times. There's also a 1999 version of this. Okay. Did you uh, see like a, a when you're looking? At oh, I think anything. I did, but I, yeah. I kind of that, that was actually free on Amazon, and it stars. Yeah, it's to put it in a, to kind of give you an idea of what that one looks like. It's uh, it stars. Um, so the Theo character is played by Catherine Zeta Jones. Uh, the Luke character is played by Owen Wilson. Uh, the uh, yeah, Whoa. the Eleanor character is played by um, Lily. Uh, oh shoot! Please say Evangeline Lily. No, it's not Evangeline Lily. I could see it. I could see that. Uh, that would make a lot Lily of sense. Lily Taylor, to me. sorry, uh, who okay. is the uh, the mom in the first Conjuring movie? Mm. Um, Liam Neeson is. And Liam Neeson is the doctor. Yeah, that actually that one. that's it's a good casting tracks. call. Yeah, he's and that's like. Man, that that's right on the upswing of Liam Neeson in 1999, like right before Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. uh, right after you know Dark Man and these you know. Like was it like careers. Love? Was it before Love Actually? Like before Love Actually. That's a big one. Yeah. And, so like and I Neeson's said, career, Love Actually yeah. is one of his bigger ones. Yeah, it's arguably one of my favorite Liam Neeson movies. I don't know. What is your favorite Liam Neeson movie? Uh, like a, I never thought seat. I'd be put on the spot yeah, like I know, this, right? especially for a guy like that. Uh, yeah. the taken? Too many, there's mark? too many Taken memes. You just there have to say Taken, memes. It's taken yeah. for the memes. That's why I'll Taken 2 is the only movie that I think I've ever walked out of. I'm pretty. I, I didn't make it through the entire thing. <laughs> I don't theaters. think I've seen it actually. Yeah, I, I and it was just boredom it, more mm-hmm. than anything, and I had to like pee really bad, and I was like, eh, I don't want to go back in. <laughs> <laughs> just it's not worth it. Yeah, I just, I just left. Um, so yeah, uh, this movie uh, filmed uh, in in the UK uh, in the 1960s. Um, the set for the one, this one is one that I was like really interested in actually, because like this, you know, obviously the Hill House, right? Um, I was I've been trying to figure out like all you know, look up all the different sets and everything um, to see if there was some continuity between the various incarnations of this house and everything. I, I was thinking about it while I was, mm-hmm. as I was watching it because I was drawing some parallels I was like that's wow they actually really did kind of copy that mm-hmm. like like um, architecture spot for architecture spot right mm-hmm. it's just it's just the classic gothic horror house yeah that silhouette is just so iconic it's, like it's, the whole movie has big uh like Rebecca vibes like Daphne du Maurier uh who also wrote the crows the original short okay. story um so I, I guess they're all kind of playing in the same like wheelhouse mm-hmm. except it's a little more spooky and a little less yeah ha- i don't know the maid did it or something a little less clue and a little more haunting right mm. yeah yeah but it's uh so it's 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 set um this the filming location for this one is in the uk it's at this location called Edithum park which has like a it's like a 500 year old like manor house essentially that um that exists um in a a, a, a regal area of uh, of england um the uh the uh, 2018 was it 2018 the netflix series or the tv series aired i have the, no idea the, 2017 the, yeah the mike flanagan uh edition of this they 
so they they filmed in Atlanta and everything, and that's actually set at a um, a location in Georgia. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of sound stages. Yeah, it's it's look it's called this place called Bisham Manor, which is like uh, you can go like tour it and stuff in Georgia. <laughs> Bisham um, Manor, you're right, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, but yeah, because I was I was curious if there was like it, even the the opening of this movie, right? You're just like it the the house itself has such a, a character presence that you kind of assume that it's sort of based. In a real, yeah. like, it's on a just real like location. ridiculously adorned with mm-hmm. vaguely religious sculptures as mm-hmm. well. Like, you, it, it's ominous. Yeah, and it's basically just an amalgamation of every you know wealthy estate, manor, castle-looking thing. Um, I guess in our in our fictional mind and everything, which is great because I think it, it this this kind of it yeah perfectly encapsulates like the haunted house. Uh, you uh, have vibe. to. I, I'm like super curious because the architecture style right is so specific to that idea right, like the haunted gothic house. But like, where did that idea come from? Like, I think I I think of like Dracula as like the progenitor mm-hmm. to use that word accurately uh of that whole idea it's mm-hmm. like we it was incorporated so thoroughly um and it like if you go back and watch the original i did i did actually watch the like mm-hmm. 1930s and 40s movies the monster yeah, the, movies the nosferatu the 1920s yeah where he's he's going yeah because that's kind of the whole idea is like yeah, this, even though like later like classic dracula not uh-huh. just nosferatu but like um that one ram stroker's actual yeah yeah there's some there's a lot of like gothic architecture mm-hmm. which i guess the gothic genre of literature gothic yeah. something or other literature We're kind of, yeah and there's then. there's sort of a uh because that's kind of something that i was trying to figure out how to like approach to is the idea of like gothic horror versus like gothic in the literary sense right um because gothic horror is a, is a kind of a different like when i think of gothic horror i think of like you know crimson peak or like, i'm gonna pull um, it i'm literally gonna look at the definition now. yeah because that's it, i think this i wouldn't call this gothic horror as opposed to like you know supernatural like ghost story stuff um well and it's a good di- differentiation mm-hmm. to make because uh Shirley Jackson herself is a like uh, either Southern Gothic or like Gothic horror writer, mm-hmm. which is different from you know a lot of different other. There's like different variations of it, right? And then the way that gets incarnated in film, uh, in like you know what we think of as, as the genre of Gothic horror versus like in the yeah, literary terms. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like so like we said, Robert Wise directing this. Uh, this movie stars Richard Johnson, uh, man. Richard Johnson, such a babe, dude, that entire <laughs> opening sequence when he's narrating, like every single one of like, I will just say like right off the bat, the script for this fucking movie is just like, it's pure gold. I feel like mm-hmm. every other line, I was just typing it up in quotes in my notes, just yeah, trying to my like, my notes are half of it's just quotes, <laughs> like right at the beginning, whatever, walk there, whatever, walked alone. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. my favorite from the opening sequence, whenever, mm-hmm. okay. So like, as far as, you know, the plot of this movie goes, um, the premise is essentially that there's this, uh, this house, uh, um, built by uh, a character named Hugh Crane, which every time he said it, I kept, he, I was like, is it Ukraine? Ukraine. Ukraine, which is uh, unfortunately, I don't know. Hopefully this podcast will stay evergreen, but it's a very topical uh, <laughs> country right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so every time he said so Hugh Crane, right I was like, Ukraine. Um, so Hugh Crane is, you know, this uh, this uh, cult, this uh, Victorian era figure who creates this mansion, you know, for his his daughter and wife, and then they tragically his wife tragically dies on the way to the mansion before um, she ever lays eyes. On yeah, it. before she ever lays eyes on that house. Oh, okay. This is a really dumb aside, <laughs> but so if anyone's like interested in comic book references, uh, Arkham Arkham the Asylum, oh. all of it is is gothic architecture, mm. gothic horror. Uh, depending on which like writer you read yeah. um, and even like the video games like the first one is, is a little more like horror bent but 
if anyone needs like an easy shorthand and doesn't know like all these other things like if you can't think of like arkham asylum all these like weird crazy stuff happens there yeah yeah sorry yeah, <laughs> oh yeah no but so we have the so uh yeah this 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 rich man goes up to you know he builds a, a crazy house uh, he goes through a couple of wives uh, who die of mysterious circumstances um mm-hmm. and then uh so we this is the setup for our, our haunted house where then his you know his daughter grows old and dies in the same room where she had her nursery as a child yeah. she's um, effectively been isolated there her entire life exactly and after these other horrible things happened to all the other women right a rose for emily emily dickinson yeah (laughs) he effectively traps her there Mm -hmm. she's the maiden in the in the castle right and and importantly she she uh towards the end of her life she uh she she obtains a uh, a companion from the uh from the local village uh what does it say she she goes buys she takes it sounded like uh, she just walked in and just i know the way they put it (laughs) at the market i like this one Mm -hmm. she took a local girl from the village uh, nearby Mm -hmm. uh who became her companion like in her the the end of her life uh and my favorite line from that opening sequence which is narrated by Richard Johnson as he sort of like set laying the groundwork for her and uh, uh, he she was uh, she was fooling around with a local farmhand on a oh, veranda gallivanting <laughs> which is like okay semi related to the themes of the movie too it sets it up early is like these these weird the weird sexual dynamics in the movie are, are the big, they're the yeah. biggest parts of this thing yeah because that, that the idea uh, so we set this up at the beginning is uh, the reason that Abigail you know sort of I guess maybe like one of the primary spirits of the house passes away is because she's knocking on the door calling for her servant her companion who is who's busy with the the, the farmhand on the veranda and uh abigail dies uh, in her absence without any any help from her uh, yeah from there's her like companion. strong mm-hmm. we'll get there but there's strong yeah. parallels throughout because that's set up as a parallel for the main character who kind of uh, goes through something similar so you know we fast forward essentially several you know decades i guess uh, the house has been inherited by um by another estate uh, a distant relative named mrs sanderson um who is in control of the state, but does, a state but doesn't live there? It's basically just managed by a couple by a, a, a couple named the Dudleys. Um, so this uh, paranormal investigator, Doctor Markway. Um, who plays Richard Johnson uh, is is seeking out proof of the paranormal for his uh, for his own causes. So he he essentially assembles a a Scooby Doo gang to come and uh, a crack, investigate. A crack team yeah, of investigators uh, to come and test the test for the paranormal and hunt down some ghosts or um, a which, bunch of unsuspecting victims. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah, he has some sexy interns that he wants to bring along. Um, <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's so bad. It's oh, a, yeah, the whole setup for it. And Miss Anderson calls him out for it she's yeah. like is your wife is gonna your be wife, there you can't go there unless your wife comes with i was like damn miss sanderson you've made, you've made you a good just point cock block. come <laughs> on man he's like she's not gonna have anything to do with this and when we find out later she will she does um, unfortunately yeah so uh richard johnson playing dr markway who in the book i think is dr montague um he's it's the, the book's premise of the book is basically the same thing except some of the names that one name is changed around um as another little imdb aside um in the 2018 netflix series dr montague shows up as a character um he briefly plays one of the siblings he plays nell's psychiatrist uh, it's just a little Easter oh, egg that they put in there. Yeah, yeah. The character of Dr. Montague in the 2018 series is played by uh, Russ uh, Tremblay. Uh, whoops. Uh, what? Uh, by the actor who plays Luke. In oh, the- uh, Russ oh. Tamblin. Tamblin. Russ Tamblin. My mistake. Russ Tamblin. Mm-hmm. So Russ Tamblin makes a little cameo in the 2018 series. As that, a- that math adds up. There's yeah. a lot of stuff Flanagan takes from the movie that I was like, that is like 
word for word or mm-hmm. like scene mm-hmm. from scene. A lot of sequences, or... yeah. And as we kind of like get architecture a... for architecture, right? We're, we're gonna kind of like hit the our, our most notable scenes and yeah. stuff because yeah, yeah, there are yeah, some, yeah. There are some direct nice homages that you can see. Like it's funny in reverse, you know, us. I think me having and you having watched this, like you know, the Netflix series first and then going back to this, you're like, oh yeah, I recognize that. Um, Which is backwards because it should like obviously yeah. if time if we're following time, it'll be yeah. like oh I. That was in the movie. I, retro- I've seen the movie. That's funny. They put it in the show or yeah, something. Yeah, retroactively appreciating Mike Flanagan for for his little Easter eggs and stuff. Um, so Dr. Markway assembles his crack team uh, of uh, three people. It's uh, so Eleanor, who uh, is a um, she's she, she's living on her sister's couch uh, after their mother has passed away. Um, they've suffered uh, some family drama. Uh, mm. the, the, the her opening sequence starts with her arguing with her brother-in-law and sister about. About, you know trying to keep the skeletons of the family in the closet and stuff so we're kind of led to uh you know to to wonder what what they're talking about there and previously eleanor was the caregiver mm-hmm. of, this, of, of her, her mother her invalid mother mm-hmm. um so they barely left the house you know so she's extremely naive very sheltered mm-hmm. um very definitely lonely. harkens towards um the Previous owner of the what's her name? Yeah, the, the companion, yeah, Abigail, mm-hmm. Abigail, mm-hmm. yeah, Abigail Crowley. Big parallels there. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Theo, who uh, is a savant medium, uh, who Dr. Markway hires to kind of come and uh, test for various, you know, paranormal presences and mm-hmm. everything. Um, Theo, played by Claire Bloom, ESP um, mm-hmm. powers. Yeah, she's the ESP connection. And then the last uh, sort of uh, test subject is uh, Luke Sanderson, who is the uh, he's the proje- he will be the inheritor of the estate mm-hmm. um, once his nephew uh, of, of Mrs. Mrs. Sanderson. Sanderson. Yeah. So Okay, cool. he's, he's he's going to inherit the estate once his uh once his his aunt passes away I guess so he's kind of going to be like he's basically like doing a property assessment with mm. uh with a supernatural he, investigator big uh, big himbo yeah big himbo, himbo energy vibes. and him. and he he kills it honestly I mean, yeah, yeah. He, is, he he nails the role for he sure. he does I kept like trying to figure out whether I related to him more or to Nell more throughout this movie. Because uh, man, his he has some quips related to. It's his, like a personality yeah, test. Dude. Like, which one are you? And <laughs> yeah. you're like, well, I identify as a Nell, but everyone sees me as a Luke. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's fair. I actually I think that hits a nail on the head. I, I identify uh, as such a, Nell. a cancer. He is, he is. He probably is a cancer. You think so? You're self centered. Astrology. Right. Is you you, you want to pretend to know about astrology for a second? Uh, no. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> even I can't. pretend. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so the team shows up at the house, uh, and then chaos ensues, uh, and that's kind right. of you know the, the the setup for the movie. And, and then stuff. they get haunted, and then they get haunted, or poltergeist did, uh, maybe, or maybe it was all in Nelson. He like I love time. too that Markway like explains everything as you go. Like at certain points, he'll be like, "And this is how super not natural phenomena work." Yeah, which is really <laughs> handy. I mean, I can listen to Richard Johnson talk like all right. day. They're very elegant. Uh, monologues but it, it yeah. is kind of like it's funny it's exposition it's, it is yeah mm. the exposition but it's funny because like i was saying earlier the this script man it's just i it's it just it was it flows so well for me yeah. and out of many you know i feel like a lot of dialogue from this era can feel very clunky and you know outdated and doesn't hold up very well but everything like like i said every line in this movie i was just like writing it down i was like man what a good i think what mm-hmm. was it like uh luke has a line later where he's like you know cool it with that supernatural jazz doctor yeah. and i was like <laughs> man like supernatural jazz that's the name of my fucking next next album dude yeah. that's, if, uh, if anyone some grows some marijuana you're welcome that's yeah. a new a new strain supernatural jazz yeah. <laughs> hey man take a hit of this supernatural jazz it's yeah. fucking sick um, yeah, so the, the the film opens and stuff with uh, you know we we kind of focus in on Eleanor pretty quickly. She 
she's the the main character of this film she has uh, this this internal monologue that is ADR'd over um, over most of the scenes um, I kind of wanted to start talking like what do you guys think of uh, so Julie Harris is the actor who played uh, Nell and I, uh, I I found I think the, the, the performance is like really, really effective like throughout the movie. I think it does mm-hmm. exactly what it's supposed to do by making you feel both sorry and like for her and but also annoyed by her. Yeah. She's That's, like the lovable idiot. Yeah. Is the trope. They all she, treat her yeah. that way too. They do. Yeah. It's like can't it's like in the context of the story, she's mm-hmm. a lovable idiot. Uh-huh. Yeah. She And um, Theo totally plays off of that mm-hmm. and is a complete asshole to her. Yeah. But it made me love Theo's character. But too. also she, like, takes so advantage snarky. of kind of like her vulnerability to mm-hmm. sort of, yeah. you know, um, and we'll get to also the, why she was brought there. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. So. That, was, that was her, like her purpose. So, you know, Dr. Dr. Mark away was like the, uh, you know, he's, he's the, the grand mastermind bringing all these characters together and everything. Um, and they, yeah, there's, there's such a great, like, I don't know. I think this movie holds up so well because the balance of the character dynamics, you know, is so, I was going to say, well rounded, you know, maybe Nell was annoying, but you still, need her to uh-huh. make the other characters better right like in a lot of ways like theo would be insufferable if we didn't have nell exactly and luke to kind of like bounce off of all of them like mm-hmm. you need a straight man um or p- straight person not mm-hmm. sexually oriented but like <laughs> yeah. someone who takes everything at face value mm-hmm. instead of like going with the flow and making jokes and stuff and mm-hmm. like you need someone who like will see it and be like, no, we want to know what what is that? Why yeah. did you do that? Yeah, she kind of serves the role as the audience too, you know, going yeah. through where she reacts as we would, you know, throughout the movie and being like the, uh, yeah, the, the the unknowing sort of innocent character uh, that we can sort of attach ourselves to, um, both you know logically as, as as the storytelling goes, but then also like emotionally she creates the pathos of the movie where it's, yeah. her main motivation is that you know she she was you know a slave to her mother for you know the the last decade of her life essentially taking care of her invalid mother and her her, her internal monologue is constantly re- reiterating that she just wants some place to belong she yeah. just wants to have some place she, to be she wants to, something to happen to her mm-hmm. which is super interesting um that we're given that kind of interiority for her because she's hiding a secret mm-hmm. we don't she doesn't her even her inner monologue doesn't hide it so there's a lot exactly. of like she doesn't even think about like what she's really or she suppresses it so much that exactly she which yeah. is kind of like gets brought up. what made yeah. me love this movie so much is it's as much about your psychology as it is about an actual haunting. Yeah, which I think says a lot about how, you know, like we talked about how, uh, you know, the script was initially adapted, the idea that, you know, Nelson Gilbert saw this this haunting story and was like, well, there's a lot of really good character development wrapped up in that with that yeah. one character. And that's what he focuses on. And I think that's, like he said, that's what makes the movie so interesting, like, you know, at least so enthralling from a, you know, an emotional perspective. Um, you feel, you feel for Nell. You want to like, you want her to, to get, you know her resolution to to belong and feel like she belongs somewhere um because we're her her internal monologue serves as that character exposition where she's constantly saying you know i i do belong here i want somewhere and i could it be and it's maybe it is a little bit like yeah gimmicky, but it, it's it, a little on the nose yeah she's like i hate this character mm-hmm. she'll literally be like oh, i don't like this person or mm-hmm. they're trying to make me feel bad and you're like well yeah. but, but that's obvious mm-hmm. yeah. i got that yeah yeah and we do find out later so like the reveal that we find out later is essentially that uh well there's there's two reveals i guess um we find out that one of the other big reasons that Dr. Markaway brought her here is that uh, early on in her life as a child, she experienced poltergeist activity, which I feel like mm. happens really quickly in the script. Yeah, Maybe that's like the one thing. Yeah, it. they do. They just <laughs> says it out of nowhere. And yeah. Like, okay. It's one of the group meetings that. that they're having. It's like they say that, uh, you know, and, and Theo is, is privy to it too, because I guess she can, with her ESP powers, she can see into, you know, 
uh, Nell's past and, and see her, her thoughts and stuff. But apparently uh, Nell growing up, um, I guess rocks rained on her house or something. For three that, days. For three or, days, yeah. yeah. It's a very like biblical style, you know, poltergeist <laughs> yeah. you know, thing or whatever. But it, that's... she's completely rep- repressed that too. Exactly. Like, yeah, she said that didn't happen. Several yeah. times. Like, mm-hmm. no, the cops said it happened and mm-hmm. uh, your neighbors said it happened. Yeah. It happened. Yeah, they're like it's the denying. only reported incidents of poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. It's like your life. It's just yeah. like what I didn't what live that. Not true. Like, what? It, literally, it's in the books. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have the double reveal of that, and then later on, sort of at the climax of the movie, uh, we we find out that she uh, she. Theo says that that Nell killed her own mother um, and we think it's sort of a you know we're, we're initially quickly led to believe that maybe she you know did it actively like, like physically yeah, murdered her mother. right her. but then we find that it's it's much more close and the reason that it's a parallel to you know the the setup of the plot is as she killed her mother through neglect by not going when she was no, called answering for answering her call exactly yeah. and so it's it's one of those things where she she uh she has internalized that guilt which is a much more like complex like yeah. I, complex conflict which than i like would have thought it to be yeah exactly yeah. like and i i think that's that's fantastic it, and the way it does parallel sort of you know the the the, the foil for the story has a nice symmetry to they it, do a is, really good job of framing it too because they do they set up a lot it's like she's kind of just been locked away with her mother taking mm-hmm. care of her for years and years and years and then like she says like the one time that I decide I'm going to like just leave or like go to sleep and not wake up when she needs me is the one time she dies. Exactly. Like I, and so you can see the guilt on her. Like, yeah, man. That, and the, after that confession, you're like, oh, I get it. She taker burden. Yeah. Is a real. Yeah. Like, it's a real it's thing. It's a real thing for yeah. real people. All, you know, like I see it all the time at the hospital. Like you get that empathy burnout. And that's a very dangerous thing that can is happen to people, you know? What is, like, do they train you guys at all to deal with any of that or, like, to offer advice or, or even in your own professional capacity? I mean, they, they do, but it, I wouldn't say it's in particularly effective yeah. ways. They're like, hey, this exists. Do a little learning module on the computer about it and think about it. And then <laughs> Like some publicly here's funded... A, here's a hotline you can call. Like yeah. mascot <laughs> telling you, when your mental yeah, health is like down... An, an animated fox. And I think that that's... Wear the crown. Like, <laughs> Something when, you're, when you're not a mental health provider specifically, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, just in the in the sheer mechanics, I guess, of like what your job asks you to do. It's like you see this happening, but it's like as far as what you can do about it yeah. or how much you should interject. Well, yeah, and it's yeah. even worse when that when that burden falls on a family member yeah. like we see here. Oh, that gosh. Isn't it's trained, so personal. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's so personal. You know, I feel like everybody's seen a family member or a friend of a family or something yeah has seen them go through this where like mm-hmm. their spouse or something is towards or their the sibling end. or and, yeah i mean yeah. something where it's like when you're the only one or who a can child, be a caregiver a child, yeah. like a disabled it's, child mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that i can't even imagine i hope i never have to deal with that yeah no i have i mean i think outside of my job a lot of people do right have, except <laughs> professionally yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of people do and i you know i have people in my family who are you know i'm i who are in those positions where, you know, you have somebody who requires that kind of care. Uh, and it's, yeah, that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that kind of burden and, and the way the emotional toll it can take, um, is it's difficult to witness. And I think it's really interesting that that, like I said, that complex of a topic, uh, is, is sort of is highlighted so successfully in this movie. In a um, 60 year old movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, and the fact that like, I think, I think Julie Harris's performance does a fantastic job of doing that as she sort of, manically disintegrates over the course of yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she starts out... She doesn't out, say any of it either. Like, mm-hmm. the whole time she she starts... A, she says the word mom a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then every time... Characters will be like, 
okay, finish the sentence. Like, what were you going to say? And then she'll be like, no, I can't. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. So you're like, okay, something's wrong with your relationship with your mother. Please just say it. And she's like, I mean, because at the beginning of the movie, she's barely keeping it together as it is. And so you're like, man, this, this egg is not going to be hard to crack. And exactly. uh, Turns out it's not. Yeah. One, one night of drinking brandy and painting your toenails and. Yeah. (laughs) Which I love when she acts all drunk. She's like, that's my name. (laughs) (laughs) The drunk scene where she lies about having an apartment. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. With two golden, with uh, two lions statues out front with all the perfect furnishings yeah it had me there was actually a house uh, at, uh when i was growing up right across the street that had lion statues in the front and it was a weird uh, a weirdly like reminiscent moment when she said that in the movie house hauntings uh, are such a wild like as a topic are just such ripe like territory for so many of our different kinds of fears that that's like one of the reasons the the niche has lasted so yeah, long is it's like, like so many different ways of expressing fears you have whether it's like the fear of like home invasion stuff scares the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Haunting house, good house haunting movies do scare me, because yeah. I, I I like am terrified of locking my doors and still being like potentially murdered. Your home is implied to be exactly the safest. Place it's like yeah, it's like life. after a break in, most people your refuge, have you know? to move. Yeah, and there's yeah. also and once yeah. you have a crime like that in your home. Yeah, most people move. Yeah, they just step out. Yeah, and there's just there's also not a very large leap from you know the idea of a home as a as an allegory for you know your mind too. And mm-hmm. so I think right. you know, we talked about this in the last episode about when we talk about you know the 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 allegory of the allegory and then the very real sort of. Um, uh, uh, like reverse influential effect of like idea of like demonic like intrusive thoughts and right. like having yeah, yeah. You know, lack of control of yourself demonic your possession stuff. kind mm-hmm. of being the like right. yeah. the catch all like, for all mm-hmm. your different ailments not having ailments. control over your own yeah. home right. as well like it's it, there's that analogy. Right. There it is sure. again. It's just that lack of control. Yeah. And so this it's always these, the lack of control. Human yeah. psychology goes yeah. down to a lot of like <laughs> yeah. how you cope with your inability to control things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which arguably, you know, why these haunting movies are so successful. Yeah. Like why they're the first sort of, you know, whether it comes from, you know, oral folk tradition of, of the idea of like spirits and stuff. And this is, you know, the modern way it gets incarnated in a book written in 1959 about, you know, a house that, that, that still has, is, is inhabited by, um, you know, the trauma, the experiences of the people that lived there before it, um, those things, you know, whether, you know, in a, in a metaphorical or literal way, that's kind of, uh, yeah. you know, what the, well, so much of the better haunting movies, any movie that's got like a haunted house has like a, a more grounded psychology. Yeah. It's like, you can have all the fun, scary sequences which, you want in a horror movie, which might lift it up, but you know, might not push it over the edge, right. like get it up to that extra tier right. of like high quality stuff which is why we bring up like flanagan because all like i said last time is like he's the guy who focuses on the humanity mm-hmm. the horror is just like a byproduct yeah or like a or something that makes it all An happen accent. yeah yeah and i think like you know from what i've read about robert wise like on his his role in directing this movie everybody agrees that he's a fantastic director to work with oh he well. must be yeah i mean like just yeah look at the movies that he made and the yeah. performances that he got out of out of the various you know amazing actors and you know back-to-back freaking he got bangers. christopher Plummer and julie andrews to actually like hang out yeah i heard he hated her when they were making the movie because she was yeah. so bright and bubbly you know what's funny i just watched sound of music like recently i don't know what i was what? doing I, I second saw... high third highest grossing movie yeah. second highest grossing movie of all time yeah. circa 2011 those stats are old yeah mm-hmm. um <laughs> sorry that's a really good <laughs> moment you picked that one out of thinner going back to the i uh... memorized some very interesting facts about <laughs> movies in my life um the element of uh so going back to like the psychology of you know i guess like you know whatever theses on uh you know human nature and stuff what do you guys think of uh, Dr. Markaway's? There's a, it is also kind of one of those like throwaway lines where he people ask him about, or where I guess when uh, him and Nell are having that heart to heart about like why he got into the supernatural, and he goes down this road of explaining like the idea that if if you know 
spirits and ghosts are are pure or are pure human spirits inhabiting a physical space then maybe if i can learn more about it you know i can you know we can have some kind of world where we have a you know a, a man or right. kind that is like purely good or something i don't know something like that it, it seems like a really weirdly complex but like interesting he point. does that, his character does that a lot too he He's, gives like scientific answers to like deeply personal yeah. questions yeah he i don't it, know it felt like kind of a stretch yeah to me but. i was trying to understand his the logic of like where he was taking that but i was well, like yeah you so, like ghosts man it's cool it's like, so I, yeah, odd it's, talk, it's like talking about building a culture like yeah like tying it to anthropology yeah this like utopian like, vision I can build of this utopia by yeah. harnessing what i learned the power from of the ghosts. ghosts yeah which it's sounds a, sick. Sounds like Danny Phantom. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Danny Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to build a master race of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that, I, his, because uh, his motivation other than like curiosity was like really interesting to me, like throughout that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to probably do this a bunch because I'm going off of like what I already know, but it is, it's kind of related to the, the Michael Huisman character and, um, uh, and the Mike Flanagan adaptation, like the brother who writes all the novels, mm-hmm. is like he doesn't. Be- the whole point is he doesn't believe in ghosts, and right. he's writing books investigate, like you know, crappy. I investigated a real haunting type books, but he, like, one hundred percent does not believe in that stuff. So he's right. like an, an, an antagonist in a later in a later decade, yeah, with the same ap- application of science, just in an opposite perspective. Yeah, that's a cool way to flip that role. Uh, and it's funny, like, so yeah, then we have like the Luke character too, right? Who yeah. is kind of just like, he, I, he, he could be annoying. I feel like he could, if written in a, in a more, you know, campy way, that character could get real old real quickly. Right. Like he, for some, man, he's just charming. Like, mm-hmm. I, I there's love something the, about that. The when performance he first showed on screen, like, I was like, I'm going to fucking hate right, this guy. Right, right. But by the end, you're like, no, he's the most grounded yeah, out of is. everyone. Yeah. Like, he's the glue here, honestly. I, yeah. This is like one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when they introduce him and they're like, I hope he makes a mean cocktail. And he's like, don't worry. I studied alcohol in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. And Me too. The follow-up from Dark like, whips up four yeah. bunches. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Mark Way making a joke about, like, don't make jokes about my passion for spirits. And I was like, it's a little double ah, entendre nice. right there. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Nice. Uh, and the fucking outfits in this movie, dude. Yeah. God damn. And Luke has some style. There's he's a, a sharp-looking dude. dude. He's, he's handsome. Well, he's he wears good clothes. He comes from generational wealth, so you assume that he has a pretty good wardrobe. <laughs> Sunday scaries. That's um, fair. Actually, that's probably a good. That's a good observation too. Yeah. Is the wealth of all the different characters? Yeah, there is mm-hmm. a there is a, a big dynamic and con- like dynamic contrast between Nell, who is is presented very quickly up front as like being you know very like almost impoverished. She's living on yeah. the couch of her her sister. Um, although she does drive that nice ass car right at the beginning. The, is like, it nice or half is it her car? Yeah, yeah. She, it's yeah. my it's half mine. Yeah. Uh, and it's like it was like a Hailman. So I stole two. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that that garage operator at the beginning didn't give a fuck. He was like, "Yeah, you can take the card." I'm good, paid enough. Yeah. Did you see like her old paper ID that she pulled yeah, out? Yeah, she goes in like a library card and her blood donor card. And <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Yeah, it checks out." He's like, "Yeah, all right." Well, I was I wasn't convinced until you, you gave go. me the blood donor card, and now mm-hmm. yeah, like, this looks like an A positive. Yeah, A positive. Here, take the yeah, keys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you guys think of the way they treated the fucking Dudleys in this movie? I okay. mean, Mr. Dudley is only the beginning. I right? have to shout out the woman who played Mrs. Dudley, top tier performance, yeah. my Loved favorite it. of all time. That movie, she I was just trying to get her, her repetitive she's just spiel out. Yeah, to do her and they fucking kept, job. And they're, she's trying to warn them. Yeah, yeah. she's gonna. T- she's trying to tell them like, yo, y'all. You're right? fucked. And, and they're like, blah, 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 Yeah, breakfast. when Theo and Nell first meet, they're just talking over her. And I was like, listen to the fucking woman. <laughs> Stop talking for two seconds, you yeah. assholes. Like, I was like, like what I a thought, great horror moment. Like, yeah. she just told you that nobody will hear you scream in the night, in yeah. the dark. 
There's nobody, nobody closer. She's kind of like nobody just, will come like, never listen to her again. Yeah. And I was like, you deserve it. Yeah. And, that's, and then you can see it on her face. She's like, these fucking people. Yep. You know how much she's she like, probably yep. has to deal with that shit. Here we go again. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a Grand Theft Auto meme. Here but it's fucking Mrs. Chance. Dudley. Here we go again. Here we go again. Uh, <laughs> go so, to get haunted again. Uh, so talking about Theo. Yeah, so the one of the big elements of this that is also in the book, uh, that's a really interesting thing, you know, talking about the time period uh, in the early 1960s is the character of Theo, um, who yeah. is 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 somewhat subtly in the movie uh, I guess in the book maybe it's more prominent but there you know there's an understanding from what I from what I've read about uh, the making of this movie um, Claire Bloom the actress who plays Theo understands that she is uh, she's a lesbian um, and there's like a romantic dynamic to her relationship with Nell that is is present in the movie and it's really interesting to me like especially for coming out in 1963 how yeah. Uh, how prominent it is, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, it's like just another angle with which to tear Nell apart, right? Yeah. Because her, mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting because Nell is our protagonist mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the center of everything. And so she's the straight person, you know, torn between uh, like staying in this house or leaving and never having a home to stay in. Um, she starts flirting with the professor mm-hmm. and then they have a she whole spends a lot dynamic. of time yeah. with Theo uh-huh. and Theo is kind of Theo says a lot of stuff too is like when I'm done with you you'll be a lot like you'll be a lot like yeah. me or like gets yeah, her yeah. nail polish like shows her how to do her hair like all these things and it's, it's interesting because you can kind see kind of grooming but yeah, not like in the, a bad, bad well there's mm. well there's an emotional exploitation that's happening yeah. there because she's taking advantage of, of Nell's vulnerability because she also is you know right. from she's extremely meek and super naive mm-hmm. she has no experience with outside world for the most part. right and by the rules of the movie we understand that theo is a clairvoyant like she can you know so mm-hmm. she, it's almost like she's using theo has her clairvoyant an unfair ability advantage too yeah to yeah. see into the mind and the needs which or maybe the desires maybe that's Nell. the subtext that we were expecting right because like you had mentioned like this is pretty bold in the in mm-hmm. the early 60s to have a character who's not op- op- like openly I guess open about her sexuality, mm-hmm. but still is like very obvious. But that's that's what's interesting. But they kind of like make her frame her as a manipulator. But and I think like, I don't uh, think that's that seductive. Yeah, uh, but, sinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. But I don't. That's the thing. That was I don't think that the 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 manipulative aspect of her character is is portrayed as coming from her homosexuality. I think it's yeah. just coming from. I think if you replace that character with a male character, I think the character still works the same way. I think it's just it, it's just augmented or changed slightly yeah. um, by the fact that she that she is a lesbian um, and it's yeah it, it's interesting like apparently in the making of this like I said so Claire Bloom you know was aware that the character is is a lesbian um, and it's funny because apparently in the contract like in the contract you know for the making of this movie the production guidelines and stuff um, Nell and Theo are not supposed to come into like physical contact because they're they're trying to prevent yeah, that from happening that. on screen yeah. um, mm-hmm. but they ignore that rule and they, they allow them to you know like whenever they're in the scenes where they're getting haunted you know that first the first scene right yeah. the first night that they stay in the house uh we get all this you know banging on the doors and you know very like as far as old-timey sound design goes and stuff it's just, just a like bunch of raucous really like, freaking loud yeah, yeah. um uh, and uh so they they go and like you know cower in bed together and stuff and uh yeah it's interesting the way that like they're like you know fuck that it's in the book probably and like let's just you know gloss over it and have it be part of the movie um but yeah it, I, I thought it was interesting that they 
they they hint at it with her her subtle lines and stuff you know throughout the movie and like even her performance is very informed yeah. by it you know uh claire bloom does a great job of you know just like her smile and her winks as she just like delivers mm, those, right. those those well, flirty lines there are Nell. like so they're alternative like there are other men too like luke mm-hmm. is a single man yeah and you see theo and luke get along really well but it's always in a friendly context yeah, it's and always platonic. later like it's never yeah. the first thing theo goes for yeah and theo's mm-hmm. the one the whole time who when when things start going downhill for nell is like we got to get you out like we need to get you safe yeah is like the first thing she thinks about is nell's safety and yeah i don't know luke's just along for the ride and mark way is kind yeah. of like in he, and he's out. just sort of a yeah he he, he and initially he starts out as just sort of being like the his whole arc is like i don't believe in ghosts something's wrong with the house <laughs> you don't think he i think at the beginning he believes i don't know i think he's i, I don't know if he's made up his he mind makes about too many it. Jo- for me he makes too many jokes really? about it I mean, it might just be that he just really he makes a lot of jokes about it like having a haunted house like devaluing the property yeah or luke does sorry no, luke. Yeah, that's sorry. what i was I, saying yeah, i thought you were saying with the doctor no yeah. luke yeah the doctor believes yeah, in ghosts he's, he's luke's old. whole thing is like i don't believe in any of this mm-hmm. stuff i'm just trying to get my house and then at the end he's like the house has her now yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's just looking out for his potential investment. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't does. want to. He doesn't want to believe that it's haunted right. because then he can't build a nightclub in it. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nightclub, he's like they go up with you, the spiral staircase. Yeah. We got the ladies coming yeah, let's down. Put a band right here. <laughs> but like, guys, think about like if you could go to a nightclub inside of Victoria, like a gothic mansion where the DJ is at like a, a balcony that's dangerously <laughs> perched over like a single. Freaking catwalk, like inside of like a library. This goddamn library, like I'd be reading books. So this fucking library, it like I mean, it looks cool at the bottom, but yeah, this the spiral staircase is brought up again in in the Netflix series, and uh, which makes me think it's like I haven't read the book, but it makes me think it's part of the book because it's such a consistent, such an important element Mm. to the, and it goes up to you have a spiral staircase that winds up to like this like a two floor you know two story ceiling to a balcony. That I guess goes to a trap door up to the roof. Yeah, is that its Into only function? Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. like yeah, because then later yeah. when Grace shows up, yeah, she says she's like, like I found myself in the attic. attic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, that, the fuck that's such for? a useless fucking space. <laughs> but that's, that's the... like some like you'd see it on like uh, Property Brothers. Be like, we put this cool thing. Your <laughs> They'd have kid a name for it. We have a Juliet balcony. And fall and off and die. An interior right. like double story Juliet yeah. balcony. A preacher's balcony. And it's something dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the. Fuck? But that's like kind of the point is the architecture of the house is whack. It's mm-hmm. Overlook Hotel level whack. Yeah. He brings yeah. that up and says that there's not a right angle in the building. Uh, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how they get they the the first you know their first stay in the house they end up getting lost and within the first like 10 minutes because of the the hallways are so complicated and yeah. strange and dr markway is like funny fact there are no right angles in this mm-hmm. house and let me show you the doors all close on themselves because they're slightly askew and then opens the door and it doesn't close <laughs> the comedic timing super underwhelming or he uh when he's leading them down and like he uh he's like no i made sure to leave the door open so we could find a kitchen again it's right here and he goes in and it's the fucking broom closet. Shit. I, was like, I was like what the fuck this is actually really funny and pops out with a broom yeah, yeah. Uh, Proof he's of like the, the, your witches. Your witches. Um, dude, you want the fucking cinematography in this movie? Though, yeah. Dude, like, yeah. There's yeah. a few scenes. A lot of the like mirror work. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. so many mirrors in this house. Mm-hmm. And the I heat. mean, it starts, she sees herself in the reflection of the hardwood flooring. Yeah. Like as soon as yeah. she walks in. Which is, and there's another shots. mirror and another yeah. mirror. And they're like. Yeah. And the, the mirrors serve a really good purpose, especially in like the dining room scenes where it gets every character into frame where you can see all their faces and, yep. you know, mm-hmm. reactions to the dialogue at the same time. Uh, yeah. So is it, is it David uh, Bryant uh, who did the cinematography? David Bolton. Sorry. Um, he would go on to do uh, Children of the Damned the very next year, actually. Very nice. Uh, nice little uh, cinema, yeah, uh, cinematic Easter egg. But yeah. I was just like 
caught off guard by how modern seeming a lot of the cinematography was even like yeah. um mm-hmm. some of the like the really like dynamic shots that like you know have movement to them and yeah like, yeah yeah they do um they do it a couple times where they do this um i forget what the exact term is but it's where you uh dolly so you're on a like a, a thing with wheels and you go towards the actor while you're zooming out kind yeah, of the tilt shift mm-hmm. um which hitchcock notarized yeah. made it super notorious yeah. it's like it creates this vertigo kind of effect where like the background's like pulling apart while yeah. you're going towards them but they speed it up too so it's not just like the regular effect they actually like uh or under crank it which is where mm. you shoot less film uh less like frames per second than you need so it speeds up the sequence a lot gotcha um so they'll like do that but like almost so fast it only happens a handful of times but it's mm. so quick they do it on the door and then i go to her face like all these mm. other things that like it was a really well done effect mm-hmm. and there's that one effect like even there's some shots where i was like man for 1960 how the fuck they do that there's the one where it's like nell is looking up from like a you know a terrace or whatever to the rooftop of, yeah. the, of the haunted house and the camera dives down at her from the window of yeah. like a three-story drop and i was like did they crane that or did they like i don't know probably yeah. i mean that was probably the way they did it back then yeah that or the, the follow shot as she was running up it, it was before she got onto the staircase mm-hmm. but it like the yeah. perfectly yeah, the like wind the track yeah. perfectly tracked like winding up the staircase when yeah. she runs up mm-hmm. that was my favorite part yeah. that one visually i was like this is wild yeah I, I was if just you trying put this to imagine in a modern like, movie I, it would blow my mind exactly. right um, and I think actually that maybe talking about you know the 2018 Netflix series again you know famously is is has kind of was was really lauded you know initially for all those great like that long tracking shot through yeah. uh, the house of a uh, of the Nell character and that one which I guess you know like I said we're doing this retroactively is a great homage to this movie yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of great throwbacks and, and mm-hmm. kind of I guess thematic wise like the jo- like thing about people love about Hill House is like the longer you watch it the more ghosts you can find right and so there's like heavily staged shots that are like pretty big pretty wide or like so specific that if you like kind of look around you can find more ghosts mm-hmm. um which I, I mean i don't i wouldn't say it's intended to mirror what was done in the movie but there's definitely that like 1960s black and white film where like mm-hmm. if all your characters are in one shot you better make it look good right mm-hmm. um Damn, yeah, I'm really gonna have to watch that now. Yeah, right. It's yeah, actually really the... good. No, I haven't seen. Oh, those. fuck yeah, man! You're gonna, so you're gonna do it the right way. Can I get? Can I trick Courtney into watching it? Oh, it's, she. It's it's such a good show. Does and she it has... scare easy? Somewhat. I think that that show is. I don't know. Good Just do it. Just do it. She'll be because it's also about like the. I know uh, that Kyra has told her to watch it. Yeah. It's about family so, so, trauma. So, yeah. So Kyra for those tells her right, then she'll probably. Yeah, for those that haven't seen the Netflix series <laughs> that we keep talking about, uh, the difference between um, you know this movie and the book and the way uh, Mike Flanagan reworks the story for the Netflix series is all of the characters. So Luke, Nell, and Theo show up in the Netflix series as siblings, essentially. Yeah, they're all related mm-hmm. to. The original owner, yeah, of the and there's house a couple of them, the movie. Mm-hmm. There's some bonus car- uh, siblings that are added in there that kind of serve as, like we said, the Doctor Mark Awake kind of character. Which I do want to go on record too mm-hmm. for doing this. Uh, Julian Hilliard, the um, young actor from the last episode we did, is the the young Luke in, yeah. in Haunting of oh, Hill House. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it was like one of his first Double movie shout roles. Shout out to that little Dallas actor. He, he is like, yeah. he's if really? I see him in a movie, I'll Julie watch Julian Hilliard, it. if you're listening, please uh, come be a guest on our like, show. We, <laughs> will, <laughs> we will, we won't buy you beer. We'll pay you money. <laughs> Sorry. 
I'll buy you a root beer. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy you a root beer. Um, you name the brand. We'll yeah, get it. Right. So in, in the Netflix series, uh, the, the siblings all grow up in the haunted hill house. And then the rest of the series is about basically them experiencing uh, or dealing with the, the family trauma that happened from them losing their mother as, as young kids and living right. in a haunted house. And it, it is much more about, yeah, the, the character development of characters dealing with trauma and loss and drug addiction. And, right. And so it's, it's much more Just of a dramatic. So placed in the setting of it. Yeah. Yes. So like the Luke yes. character is he's the one that's like actually physically seeing ghosts as a child. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, mm-hmm. Like it's not giving away anything, but like he, and then he as a grown adult has addiction problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like he sees ghosts, but he's also using. So like there's tons of questions mm-hmm. about like, is it cause he uses or is it cause he, does he use or, cause he see ghosts or, or does, does he, he see ghosts cause yeah. he uses? It's a great like reworking. It's, it's an amazing, you know, reworking of the story and stuff. Um, one right. more note on the uh, cinematography before we leave it. There's like a couple mm-hmm. other story points that I want to talk about, but um, so yeah, this, this movie's in black and white. Uh, yeah. It came out in 1963. There's, there was color film at the time. Um, the, the, the choice to make the movie in black and white was a deliberate decision because of, you know, so from Robert Wise's perspective and from uh, the cinematographer's perspective, um, just the, the strikingness of what they were able to do with black and white photography um, was something that they really wanted to highlight, you know, the, the, the depth and contrast that it creates. And I think, you know, most famously from this film and, and like as a trope afterward, you know, the silhouette of the haunted house against, you know, the sky and everything. There's a couple mm-hmm. of shots of Hill House that, that just stick in your mind. And even if you haven't yeah. seen this movie, you've seen something like it you've seen it on you know any halloween decoration from growing up or in, in you know out in party city or whatever super silly but the the silhouette of the house from this movie looked reminded me exactly of the one from knives out yeah i which, looked at it i was like is this the same place as knives out kind of a weird weird deep cut, but yeah but no so, but a similar like i mean like yeah, i said that's like every of, gothic house kind yeah, of has this vibe mm-hmm. yeah every weird archetype yeah. yeah yeah it is it literally exactly. is yeah it's the yeah it's that's the the genre archetype archetype for it um one of my favorite points in the movie was when uh dr markway's wife actually finally shows up um uh, yeah like, god damn it he was like just <laughs> i've been had <laughs> yeah right i can't 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 hang around with these honeys anymore my, my wife came to be a party pooper well it's mm. that's so cool okay so like i i think i guess they already told us that she that um nell abandoned her mother and that's how she died i think Mm -hmm. but there was still in my head there was still like this tension of like did she intentionally abandon her mother did she Mm -hmm. kill her mother malevolently um and then oh this whole time she's falling in love with the doctor we know there's a wife involved so they mention it but theo kind of warns her and is like maybe don't theo sees it happening warns her Mm -hmm. but she she still kind of falls for this guy and like then when she finally meets the wife, you can see it upsets her. And Nell like starts to go off the deep end. Yeah, that's where she really starts spiraling. And then that last night it starts to go into like the the final act is like the mm-hmm. big finale. Grace the whole time up to there, she's telling herself that she deserves this. She, yeah. She, th- these good things should yeah. happen to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then I think that's when it really hits her that it's not. And it helps it happen. like helps that his her the doctor's wife, Grace is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's like this is all baloney you gotta stop you gotta come home come she's home a, right she's now she's a complete skeptic. and then they're like okay well mm-hmm. no we can't and she's like fine then I'll spend the night and they're like no and she <laughs> spends the night in the most haunted room mm-hmm. they're like do not mm-hmm. stay there and she's like I'm gonna stay there <laughs> yeah so they, they like tease off all this stuff they wake up like they wake up in the middle of the night Grace is just gone and then Nell goes like loses her mind for a bit just starts dancing and you're like oh mm-hmm. my god did Nell kill Grace like yeah. all this like and out of like obsession with the doctor out of feeling guilty over her mother like is she is she finally malevolently killing someone like so many psychological forces come to a head mm-hmm. in that like big question mark and that the sequence where nell loses her mind is the is the climax and she like ascends this staircase 
thinking she's like become one with the house. Yeah, yeah. She's I, gonna the, same the house wants her. That the previous caretaker who hung let, herself from, who let the previous owner die. Yeah, yeah, hung which is from. also in the TV show. Yep. It is the exact same staircase. It's almost like the same finale in yeah, a lot of ways. Even that one shot, a of character the, I won't say who yeah. loses their mind. Yeah, that shot of the uh, like the um, the screws, the bolting to the wall of the spiral staircase coming yeah. off the wall. I think yeah, it was directly in the Netflix series. And yeah, her she, it does kind of become. I think the scariest moments of the movie are yeah in this this dramatic climax where she yeah she's whimsically dancing around by herself like yeah. throughout the house. And speaking everything. to the statue of yeah. saint francis yeah and uh yeah then ascending the staircase and we get that mm-hmm. one jump scare when she gets to the top of the staircase when grace pops her head through the trap door I, genuinely i was terrified when she leans back over the over the yeah the banister if you, basically. If you have vertigo of fear of heights like that's a that's a yeah pretty scary it was scene. It, it was just sold up. really well mm-hmm. they said they spend a lot of time setting up like she'll like walk a little bit stop look down the camera mm-hmm. looks down then she'll like go a little higher look down the camera mm-hmm. looks like it's higher and higher and you're like no, she would definitely die if oh, yeah. she fell from that height. Like yeah. it's not a little like black and white oopsie. It's like no, she's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found it interesting that up in like that grace popping out point. Yeah. I think was the first like very deliberate like what people would consider a scare moment in modern film. Yeah. The entire rest of the movie leading up to that's about what you what you don't what you see. Don't see what you they hear. don't show shit. Yeah. The yeah. sound work is for the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, there's um, things I like and don't like about it. Yeah. I will it, say before that, uh, to, to that point, though, there is the, before that, there is the visual effect that they do um, where whenever the they're going through, like, yeah, the door expanding. That and, shit like, was yeah. tight. Yeah, how, was yeah. that like a rubber door or something? How did they? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but it, it must looked, have been. Yeah, they just like push it from I the other side and make it look like it. Like, that scene. Basically, yeah, it's one of the big doors and on the other side, there's all this banging and all the, these ominous noises happening yeah, and yeah, the door yeah. appears to swell and then shrink back. As if it's breathing. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a really good visual effect for 1960s. Yeah, I wonder no. if Shirley Jackson wrote that into her novel too. Right, that's like something I could see in a novel. Yeah, it's mm. it, that'd be like a, the really, house breathing. Yeah, easy thing to describe. And I, I love the idea of the house as a living character too, and the way you know that's kind of how the climax works out. Where um, so what ends up happening is you know Nell gets scared and they're still searching for Grace uh, Dr. Markway's wife who has disappeared and when the movie uh, they basically are like hey Nell you need to get the fuck out of here yeah like, we're trying to get her you. out <laughs> like, uh-huh, yeah, it's man. time to go you're taking this which is like her worst fear like mm-hmm. that like that, that more so than the house or anything else she has else. nowhere else to go right really. like the house and I love the idea that like as a uh, maybe like in the rules of this haunting right the house is a malevolent force that like a like a Venus flytrap like lures people in and like makes them feel like they belong it seeks out these vulnerable yeah. lonely people and makes and you know, provides them with that sense of belonging yeah um, and then consumes them right that's yeah. such a cool like mm-hmm. how, yeah. how the house eats its souls or whatever uh-huh. um, so she tries to leave in her sweet car uh, and then starts driving down the road and <laughs> just like the beginning of the movie where the old you know Dr. Uh, Hugh Crane's first wife died by you know a carriage going off the road and hitting a tree um, she sees a specter and she runs off the road and hits mm-hmm. a tree it turns yes. out that the specter she saw was Grace Dr. Markaway's wife who somehow was teleported out to the ground she doesn't know how she got there yeah, or how yeah, she yeah, ended yeah. up there or whatever but they also point out that she crashes her car at the same site where Hugh Crane's wife yeah. crashed her the car exact same like she dies in the exact same spot points out the mark on the same tree yeah yeah, this is really yeah. cool. Well, and leading up to that, the wheel is getting like torn out of her hand by yeah. this specter. Yeah, I yeah. To believe, you know, that's trying to keep her. And in her head too, there's like a monologue leading up to before before the car takes off. She's mm-hmm. like, 
the the guy Luke gets out of the car. It's like, oh, I need to get the keys real fast. And then her, and she's saying in her she's head, like, like, no, I can't leave. The house needs me. Uh-huh. I'm the one. It chose me. It can't have grace. It must have me. And then floors it. Yeah. So you kind of you're like on the fence, like, is and she, she being haunted or is she like the, going nuts? The house has kind of tricked them. Yeah. By him having to leave to get the keys. Exactly. She's like, haha, you idiots, and then just drives away. Yeah. But the way I forget the exact way the dialogue is framed, but right. It's like the house is speaking through her. Right. Kind of. it's well, she her. explains that she she can't leave. Like her argument went to not to leave is that she can't leave because the house wants her. And if she leaves, you know, they won't get Grace back. And she's mm. like, you know, I need to stay. It wants me, not Grace. Um, and that's why she's like disappeared. But then, yeah, like then the the driving ensues. And her last line is like, finally, something happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> she dies so and you're sad. like, oh, dang. Um, and then, okay. like you said, the full course of Luke's development comes around where he says, you know, well, the house got what, you know, she got what she yeah. wanted. She belongs to the, you know, the Basically, the house like now. the house has her now. Kind exactly. Of thing. Um, which is really, yeah, and this is what, and that's the end of the movie, right? And we get a title mm. sequence. This is, uh, one of the notes that I wrote was like, this is one of the few movies, like, or that horror movies that ends that I feel like has a very easily explainable, you know, resolution to like the authorities or whatever, where they're right. like, yeah, this girl was driving down the road and she crashed the car. We don't, you know, she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Uh, mm. it flipped over. She yeah. died. The subtext of this right. movie is wear a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. Always wear a seatbelt. Click it or check it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a like I said, it's as far as like being a scary movie goes, it's a I mean it's it's an it's made in the 1960s. It's like there's not many movies that were made like I don't know like or before the 1970s that I feel like truly like scare me or like feel scary or well, whatever. Well, yeah, that is kind of the the like always the, the hard sell is like the yeah. technical feats of fear, like the way yeah. that they accomplish jump scares or just like anxiety or like making you feel certain ways don't don't carry as well they always evolve with the times and they're so so contextual to like the era there are few movies not not all older horror movies but there are fewer than we realize that can accomplish the same thing with what the tools were back then Mm -hmm. um and so like i feel like if you're gonna do like what good ones that last are ones that like i said like have that rooted um psychology like Mm -hmm. you kind of like you get it on another level it's not just like yeah because that was the scariest part yeah. for me like i mean was nell's unraveling right? exactly is that lock last or yeah loss of control and that's like hitchcock is that's all all of his stuff is like that too is mm. just the human psyche like the way that we the, the corners of the human psyche that like we know we we don't fully understand we kind of understand it now but it's still like pokes at like how our brains can just switch sometimes or like mm. you don't expect it and you like you like we said like you just lose control um, and so there's a lot of these things about like, what would it take to break someone or the, the scariest element of it when you're presenting a story like that is this is what it would look like. Can you imagine a scenario like this? Right. And how terrifying that would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's um, so real. Mm-hmm. You're like, I, I know somebody that's like caring for their ailing grandmother and mm-hmm. like, what, what would happen? Yeah. You know, if they felt that walking guilt. that, that thin line. Yeah. Insanity. Yeah. Going back to, I mean, like taking of Deborah, Deborah Logan, like there's a lot of parallels between that movie and mm-hmm. this one too, where it's like a, uh, like we talked about with caregiver earlier um it's super interesting too just thematically at least i lived in Peru for a year and it was like Mm -hmm. a different culture as far as caring for the elderly um so related to like our main character but we as a society we kind of take care of them we mostly just put them in a home yeah we pay people to take care of them they're a burden we don't want to see that or like Mm -hmm. think about it um and where i lived uh their like ailing grandfather lived in the house they were like changing his sheets 
mm-hmm. daily and like yeah, spoon and like in, in most non-Western countries, that's kind of yeah. The the idea of a nuclear family unit, right. know, consisting only of the parents and children, is is a pretty 20th century modern idea, right? You know, and it's it's arguably not <laughs> not the way that we're designed. Yeah, to live. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just super interesting yeah. that we like we as a culture, Americans at the very least, are just mm-hmm. like not okay with watching people get older. This is a weird side note, but actually, as as an, uh, one of the biggest takeaways that I took from uh, the, the, that Kurt Vonnegut documentary that came out, um, okay, uh, beginning of the year, I guess, or was it last year? Um, made by the director from Kirby Enthusiasm, uh, uh, was it Whitey? Shoot, uh, I don't know. Robert Whitey. Uh, he was like weirdly like best friends with Kurt Vonnegut all, like throughout the last like huh. few decades of his life. Um, but one of the and so he made a documentary about their experiences together and then Kurt Vonnegut's death in 2006 and one of the quotes that I had never heard from Kurt Vonnegut before that like popped up in that film as he was giving a talk was about how Kurt Vonnegut grew up with this very large family uh, and then like a very large adopted family who moved into his house right. um, with his dad and stuff as he was a kid and he's he talks about how throughout the rest of his life he always found himself trying to rebuild that extended family and how you sh- you need to go out and find your extended family um, whether right. it's friends or you know mm-hmm. whatever um which i think lends a lot to that this idea that it's like you you need a, you're better when you have a lot of people around yeah you need a yeah. support system yeah um which is that that's kind you, of the yeah. uh, which is kind of the point of, of the show being, yeah the haunting yeah. of hill house yeah the, the show scary thing about it is, is like you know you you need your you need your family yeah you need mm-hmm. those people in your life yeah and that's the most terrifying thing for the main character of this movie is being alone and not belonging right. anywhere she's like um, booted from her family for yeah. unspoken reasons she mm-hmm. doesn't have a place to stay when she goes to other outside of the hill house kind yeah. of and the one thing that was probably keeping her going Taking yeah. care of her mother. Yeah. She now gone. no longer has that role either. Yeah. So now. Right. That's what's it. What's her purpose, and they, right? She says she's done it for like a decade or something. Yeah. So like when your life is that small, it's just you and your grandma like taking care of that mm-hmm. person. Like what is your life after that? And then you go and move into a big old like gothic horror mansion. Yeah. Fall you in start love with like, a doctor. For who's married. Like, like you do. <laughs> while, I mean, we've all been there. Oh, damn it. While another woman is flirting with you. <laughs> yeah. While you're and like. And his wife shows up. Yeah. So and like. you're completely stripped of your sanity. Who wouldn't that? Yeah. On? It would take. <laughs> yeah. It would tear me apart. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Mark away is that dreamy, that but, me, but you know, pretty speak dreamy. for yourself. Luke is my guy. Yeah. I'm that guy was he was the he Dude, was the Theo, hottie in the show. I loved Theo's whole vibe for me. Yeah. I loved it. They yeah. keep it in the like, TV show too. She's very cocksure in the TV show. Yeah, she's played it by was, Mike she's Flanagan's got wife. The, yeah. the, the gothy like yeah, cut, yeah. And she wears the black dresses. Yeah, like, the gloves. Like so the gloves shit. are the exact same. I did watch. I did watch show. the 1999 version of this movie too. Uh, uh, like as yeah. we were getting ready for this, and yeah, the, is it Zeta? That Captain Zeta. Oh, yeah, Zeta wow. Is, uh, yeah, she man, she she plays a good Theo. Like it's uh, <sighs> man, not gonna right. go watch that. It's I'm not cue it up. Yep. That one's actually free on Amazon, so it's you know if, you even know, better. Pull on up. Um, yeah, so I, I I loved watching this. I'm so glad that we got we put this in here in this series. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think it's a great one for people to go back and like sort of to, like I said, round out our uh, our movie watching catalog and stuff. Um, I think with the amount of content that we're able to access these days so quickly, yeah, I've found myself like so apprehensive to dive this far back into film catalog. Yeah, I'll like say sixty years. Yeah, you know, I would if we weren't doing this, I never would have watched this. Yeah. But I will um, say that. But like, now I'm more likely to do it more after the experience I had with yeah. this film because I fucking loved it. Yeah, like, yeah I yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm on the same page, but I, I, I had to, I did, I watched some for film school too, so I like mm-hmm. had a taste of this, and I always feel like the names that are the most popular that come from an, from older times 
are there for a reason. Like I always yeah. come away watching those movies feeling rewarded where I'm yeah. like, Ugh, I don't know. Maybe I won't watch cool hand Luke. Like, do I really need to see that? And then you watch <laughs> it and you're like, here is that... a failure to communicate. Yeah. And then you watch it and you're like, Oh, that was worth it. I get it. God damn. Um, so like I, and now Paul I'm... Newman is so hot. In that <laughs> fucking movie. Dude. Simmer it down. Sick. Travis. I know, sorry. Gosh. I'm going to go watch this movie. Pull cool hand Ooh, Luke again. Now. I know what you're, I know what you're after. Yeah. Um, uh, I had like I had an editor send me um like like the monster the Universal monster classics so yeah. I had to watch mm-hmm. like you know the um not Nosferatu but the original like Frankenstein mm-hmm. um uh, Dracula Wolf Frankenstein Man. Invisible Man Wolfman and like so much of those they're so dark mm-hmm. the original Frankenstein mm-hmm. is so dark but they like that was a so- and they're only like an hour and ten to an hour and thirty yeah well they the don't they don't run that long dark. yeah so it's funny because p- nowadays my 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 Mary Kate who will listen to this and like laugh at me but like so like if it's over two hours i don't want to watch it like I, we should watch a 1920 movie because it's literally one hour and 10 yeah, minutes they're, they're nice and tight yeah they're yeah they're, you get in and out pretty quickly uh, um, but i've always been rewarded watching the, the really popular older ones mm-hmm. and so i'm like oh, i really do need to like i need to listen to that yeah, yeah that like I need history look, of yeah, it. that instinct a little yeah. more yeah we'll get into it, especially in the, the upcoming series uh, as we hit some various topics uh, there's some real gems in there that i'm really excited to hit like what um, travis uh, well you'll just have to keep listening <gasps> and find out unless, uh, unless tyler spoils it we're talking about the next episode two minutes into this episode <laughs> um, yeah, i'm so, excited for that episode for y'all that's a good one oh, it'll be a good one um so you guys seen anything cool lately over the weekend any, any um, well, I think we both we both saw men. Yeah, we did. And we talked about that. You over saw some men. Over some you sure drinks. watched some men. Yeah, Alex Garland's um, men. I love Garland. This is probably my least favorite Garland work so far, uh, which still puts it above a good amount of other stuff. Um, I don't know. I think some of the, the qualms that a lot of critics have with it are valid. Um, I don't necessarily think that maybe he should have been the one to make this movie. Um, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. I had a good time. Um, it was pretty one track with the metaphors that it was yeah. trying to make. Um, which after watching, you're you like, know, like, we get it. Men are evil. Yeah. After watching like devs previously, which goes down like, Ooh, don't say anything. I haven't so watched so many different know, rabbit holes that like that. <gasps> you want to hang out and watch it's it? It's a much yeah, more sure. expansive, um, universe that they're dealing with. Yeah, sure. There's many different factors. Whereas this is just like, it's men. It's one man. Yep. The, the one like, thing. One yep. man is many, many men. In my, there uh, are men. <laughs> in my showing of it when we saw it in the theater. So this movie does the thing where it, it puts the title card at the end of the movie um, right before the credits. Uh, so, you know, the final sequence of this movie happens, which uh, not to spoil anything, but I would call the body gore in this movie um, extravagant. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. I do have a reason to watch this now. Uh, so it That's ends all with, it takes. with a bizarre, it gets more and more bizarre as it ends. And then you get this, uh, and then, you know, the final sort of like placid, uh, whatever and end shots or whatever and then you just get a slam to the title card which is just men and there were multi- there were at least more than one woman in my audience who just went yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah we know <laughs> i was like oh my god um yeah, we know uh, yeah we it had know. a very like mother-esque ending yeah, to me where the I've shit just a lot hit too. the fan yeah. and i'm like yeah. okay i don't we ramp this up like really quick. It starts to exponentially get yeah, weirder yeah. and weirder, uh, yeah. which is fine. It's Mother just like though, a, Ooh, yeah. wow, wow. That comparison, still... I've heard that comparison a lot between uh, okay. a lot of them. A lot I have not gone back and rewatched Mother. Maybe I should I after watching this. I won't do it. I don't know but if I, I want to. Though. Here's the thing. I, I, 
I'll compliment it this way too, is it had one of the greatest sound mixes I've ever listened to in theaters. Um, I tell the, I explain this all the time because I saw it and the way they mixed it um, to like all the different dialogue, Foley, me, like I don't know if there was music or not, but like different audio things that happen, happen like they are geolocated by speaker mm. to where the perspective of the camera is. So if it's, the camera is facing forward, I, I talk about it all the time because no. it's like, I, I, I wish I could go back and do that again because uh-huh. I've never, I've, I've, there are very, very, very few sound mixes that do that is like if he's looking this way and we kind of like know logically there's a character behind him but to the right the, the way that character speaks will come out of that speaker it's mm. almost like you want to turn around and look there's something about that like i it's weird but like even sound in, mixes make a difference yeah y'all. and one thing i'm excited about so i think yeah me and you both got the the season pass for like alamo draft house mm-hmm. so Alamo does that thing that I never go to where they do all these screenings of like oh, older yeah. films, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've rotate. got they've got a John Carpenter, Carpenter thing coming yeah. up that I'm super pumped to get in the theater to go watch mm-hmm. like The Thing on a big screen, uh, mm-hmm. to watch They Live on a big Just screen. Just to hear those synths nice yeah. and loud. Um, <laughs> yeah, with sound design, that's something like, even like in video games, like the technology has come so yeah. far where it's like, you play a video game that has complex sound design and it's like, yeah, yeah the yeah. immersion. Yeah, that you can you, hear an enemy yeah. behind you th- like at it's so fun. 180 degrees. Yeah. Like yeah. You know exactly where they are. Just it has made gaming like so fun yeah. to yeah. be till you play online and like have it geolocate within within my head. These headphones yeah, and I just use. the intuitive like you yeah. being like, oh, well, they're right there. And yeah. I can and like around rip around and know and where like, they are. Yeah. It, it gives you a, lo- lo- a leg up. It's yeah, kind of wild. You can't play the games without it if you're playing online because it's yeah. yeah, you're just so, yeah. Yeah. So well. Um, have you seen anything lately? Um, I didn't shout it out in the last episode, and I have to because it's my favorite TV show of all time. But Atlanta just finished its third yeah. season. Uh, very horror. The first episode uh-huh. is is just a is a whole horror episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do they kind of have all they have a couple episodes that are just they're all standalone. So every other episode is standalone, and then the other ones are like with the characters we know. But the the standalone episodes are all just like. They got they got to do whatever they wanted. Yeah. They got to say whatever they wanted. It was so fascinating. And so there's like a good three, maybe four episodes uh, that are just chef's kiss. They were like top tier stuff. I made I like forced Mary Kate to sit down and watch one with me. Mm. Which every time I do that, I come away like she was very unimpressed and I feel dumb because I thought it was really smart and cool. And then she's like, Yeah, I get it. I get the metaphor. Yeah. I knew the <laughs> metaphor in the first two minutes. I'm like, No, but look, see what they're doing. She's like, Yeah, yeah, so I-, I know. <laughs> Um, like a teaser, there's an episode, uh, where they decide that, um, for the, the ancestors of slave owners have to pay reparations to the ancestors of slaves and like society crumbles. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like that one Dave Chappelle huh. bit where they that like, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I, 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 they just finished some, like, I'll just rewatch the whole show all over again. Yeah. Um, and then we are watching under the banner of heaven. Nice. Uh, Mormon murder mystery show. This is not really, it's based on a true murder. So if you like, like I call it a, a not quite true detective, uh, which I would actually, I would put it on par with some of the like better parts of true detective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Garfield turning in a great performance and just like Wyatt Russell being completely unhinged. Sam Worthington, first time I've ever seen him, uh, not to like insult him, but I'm saying this is the first time I've seen him in something and been like, holy crap, this guy's really good. Um, and I don't remember what else I've seen him in because he's kind of like that guy. But this mm-hmm. one, I was like, whoa. He really shines. He does know what he's doing. He nailed the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- he knows what he's doing. He just gets like other movies that he doesn't have to. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just gearing up. I'm gearing up for like some crazy good TV to come uh, this summer. I know. We're eating good today lately. Man. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, season bury it out. Like, yeah, so, so. yeah. Um, i to start that soon. Stranger <laughs> Things comes out on Friday. 
which I won't watch until I'm back from my honeymoon because I want to watch it on my big TV with like my big speakers. For those speakers. who don't know, uh, Daniel's wedding is like next week and he was kind it's, enough to come it's record like a fucking... two days away. Or, or two days away, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's I'm on all... Friday. Yeah. I am definitely <laughs> was, stalling. Was... I am definitely not so doing... I'm wanna, not doing things I should be doing I right now. I want to apologize to your respective fiancés and like thank them for letting you, for letting me take up your time to no, come record with me and yeah. stuff. Once we get closer to the date, I might just get chained into the house. You say that, but here I am. Yeah. So for we'll now, I'll, I'll, be, um, I'll be there in Wisconsin with you. So we'll see. Like, I'm, I'm going to bring my laptop along and we're going to record an episode do it. <laughs> while we're up there do with, it. with a grooms party. In the, so. in the groomsman suite. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're not going to turn on, turn off the podcast just because we're out of town. Yeah. Uh, but, be a bachelor uh, party it was your fault for putting too. me in your party. Yeah. Your grooms party. Cause I'm yeah. going to bring along the fucking laptop. So um, I love it. So I, it sounded just, like a, uh, a soft recommend for men for from you where it's yeah, like, a, I mean, if you are, if you are a Garland, a Garland fan, go see it for sure. If you're not, yeah. maybe don't. Yeah, Fair. Um, I wouldn't take Mary Kate to that. I don't think she'd be Cor- interested. Courtney would have killed me if I. She kind of hates movies where we're like, the point is men suck. She's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't have like, to watch a horror movie. Yeah, to see yeah. That. now and I'm just triggered of, all over again. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I will say it is a very triggering movie. Right, uh, if, right, right. If right. There, if there is any like from so from suicide to domestic violence, right. um, mm-hmm. instances of yeah of of misogyny and patriarchal violence, like all of those are yep. in that movie. So if yeah. you're if those are things for you, do not you know be aware of that yeah. before you go into it. Or just don't. Um, you, yeah, or just it's don't. not that great that you it's need not to worth put it yourself to go that. see though. Yeah, it's yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, a hard recommend for the new season of Atlanta. I will never and, stop recommending yeah, Atlanta. And, people kind of like some people are iffy about it because they're like, I don't know, yeah. it's not as good as it used to be. I'm like, it's still yeah, amazing, right? Like, oh my um, god. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, so what movies are you excited for? Okay, so trailers are finally dropping. Yeah, a quick hard recommend. For the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes. Did we talk about because that last we time? We did last time. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, we got but another now I went recommendation. And see it. Oh, I you, went did, saw you hadn't it. seen it yet? Had no, you? I hadn't Ooh, seen it last time. Yeah. Now I went and saw it, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that was the perfect. This is a it's perfect movie. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got so everything you need. It's a good palate cleanser um, for right now. It gave me a lot more respect for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, for him to have that self awareness, right. and and do that and just lean into it oh, yeah. is incredible. Um, I think everybody can find something to like in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say trailer wise, like you were talking about, uh, one of the good things about going to see men is that we saw the trailer for the new Cronenberg movie, Crimes of the Future, which comes out next week. Man, it looks gnarly. It looks like a Cronenberg Mm -hmm. movie, but man, Viggo Mortensen's in there. Got Leah Sadu. If if Viggo's in it. Viggo's in it. I'll go see it. I'm going to see it. It's going to be good. It it does look, man. Yeah. Yeah, We can go see that. Yeah, let's, we can go see uh, that. Courtney will not see it. Yeah. So I, wouldn't, another I one. wouldn't dare bring Mary Kate to a Cronenberg <laughs> movie. That's she hates body horror. Like uh, even, even the like, trailer, man. She, yeah, the trailer was. Yeah, like if that's what gnarly. the trailer looks yeah. like, yeah, it's gonna be fucked. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'll see you there. Um, <laughs> Don't so eat. We uh, so we watched The Haunting from 1963 this week. Hey Tyler, where do we watch it next week? We're going to watch Sinister. Yeah, we are. Well, technically, we already watched it. I have already (laughs) watched it, but we're going to talk about it next. You're going to hear about it next Uh, week. Yeah. Uh, Unless 2012, Ethan Hawke. Um, Oh, yeah. Ethan Hawke. Is that Scott Derrickson? Yep. It is Scott Derrickson. And we're yeah, going to have a whole say. talk about it. I love Scott uh, Derrickson. Yeah, because Scott Derrickson is another, fucking awesome. Another Marvel director yeah. also doing horror shit. Well, Doesn't, I should say a horror, horror director, director doing Marvel, Marvel shit. Marvel, yeah. He did and then, Marvel shit. Yeah. Going and back then to handed it soon. off to a different It's actually good timing you're recording that because he's got a new movie coming yeah, out this summer. And, and we're going to save that for the next podcast. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's great. No, yeah, that's a good little teaser. So, yeah, guys, this is like, if you want to get those episodes early, though, um, after this, uh, we're starting. We're about 
getting caught up so um rather than just spamming every all the episodes up on spotify and everywhere um these will be starting to get published on a weekly release um but if you go to our patreon patreon.com slash scary sunday scaries and subscribe to the lowest level even um you get access to all the episodes as soon as i record them i post them within like an hour so um you get Dreams. to listen to them yeah you get yeah. to listen to them there for, the process has been streamlined yeah the uh the pipeline is uh, set up uh, so it's on the pipe. pipe stream yeah, is pipes. real pipe linear all over the place. Yeah, I got pipes <laughs> for days. Um, so yeah, we patreon.com slash scary Sunday scaries. There's artwork on there. Uh, we're going to be hanging out with a new buddy soon uh, or uh, for the next episode. Like, like I said, Daniel's getting married. Um, and we've got prints hopefully on the way. Uh, if you go, like, if you have Instagram and you want to follow us, uh, there's an Instagram page called scary Sunday scaries. Uh, I, I know we have a lot of new followers on there, so if you're listening to this episode for the first time and you followed us on Instagram, hey, thanks. That's awesome. Um, you can follow our personal Instagrams if you want. We might or might not accept your follow request. Hey, we probably will, though. I'm an uh, open request. Anyone can yeah, request right. to follow I'm me. A, yeah, I'm at Trav the guy on Instagram. Uh, and I'm at Ty Mounts. And I'm at DG underscore Pappas, P-A-P-P-A-S. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, give us a follow. Uh, keep listening. Uh, like I said, I hope everybody has a nice week. Uh, hello, fellow Earthlings. If you have Don't... weird horror memes, please send yeah. them to yeah, us. Yeah, please post memes. Yeah, comment on our Instagram page. Give us weird memes and stuff. And uh, don't go cavorting around with uh, farmhands on the veranda if somebody, uh, if you're a caregiver. Because you, you never know, know what might happen. You never know what might happen. All right. Have a good week, guys. We'll All see right. you next time. Bye. Bye. Sunday Scaries.